Welcome to the premiere episode of Abundantly Charged. Stay tuned. Welcome to the premiere season of Abundantly Charged. We're your hosts, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter, and Jill Lewis, CEO of Brilliance and Beyond. In this season, we'll mix interviews and great conversations with in-depth thinking around key social and emotional skills we need as educators to keep us fully prepared to successfully navigate the demands of teaching and leading in the 21st century classrooms. The demands of the educational system have never been stronger. While we all know we need transformative change to revolutionize this troubled system, ensuring our own high-powered social and emotional skills will help each of us navigate these changes while developing these critical skills in our students, too. Join us as we explore how we remain abundantly charged. Hello, happy 2022, and welcome to the pilot episode of Abundantly Charged. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler. And I'm Jill Lewis, and together Grant and I are very excited to welcome you to this brand new podcast. You know, in this episode, we'll explore our thinking behind this concept of being abundantly charged. Teaching has always been hard work. And, you know, Grant, it is not faint for the faint of the heart. Okay, start that part over there. Do we want to just start over? Sure. Okay. Hello, happy 2022, and welcome to the pilot episode of Abundantly Charged. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler. And I'm Jill Lewis, and together, Grant and I are very excited to welcome you to this brand new podcast. In this episode, we'll explore our thinking behind this concept of being abundantly charged. You know, teaching has always been hard work, and it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. It requires intense people skills coupled with content knowledge, pedagogical expertise, and, of course, your heart. The pandemic has made us already um, in a tough, tough job, and it's become even more complicated. Now, let's add that to the society that seems to take more pride in conflict and hatred than it does appreciating one another and valuing what we each bring to the table. America has never been a just society, and the struggle to value each other without knocking other people down remains prevalent today. You know, we're going to have to do more than just tweak a fundamentally broken system, which is struggling even more in the age of a global pandemic. You know, we have to do more than just tweak a, a fundamentally broken system, which is even struggling even more in the age of a global pandemic. But, you know, Jill, that's not what, luckily for us, that's not what this podcast is about, right? There are other, there are other, other podcasts, and maybe we can create another one of our own to talk about what we think is fundamentally broken in this system. But our podcast is about what does it mean to be abundantly charged? 
Exactly, Grant. And, you know, we realize that the system is broken. We cannot just negate that fact. The systemic demands on public education and on public school teachers are burning out teachers and driving them out of profession in record numbers. The sudden quitting and retirement of teachers creates a teacher shortage. And that's something that was already an existing problem prior to the pandemic. And it's continuing to just erode the faces of education even more. You know, it seems like every time I talk to a principal or to a superintendent or to, you know, somebody who's in charge of running these kinds of of organizations, they're more and more, uh, every time we turn around, there's, there's another, there's another vacancy that they have to fill. You're right. You're right. Exactly. And in New York and Florida, the teacher shortages include areas like career and tech ed, English as second language, language arts, math, science, and special ed. I could keep going. And it's just not those key critical pieces anymore of math and science, but it is truly across the entire educational subject areas. And it's going to be a sad state of affairs, especially for these next generations that are coming on up as we go along into their schooling. So let's just take for an example, Florida teacher vacancies increased 67% in August of 2021 and compared with August of 2020. About 10% of the city school district employees quit or retired in Providence, Rhode Island. As of today, and we're recording this episode on January 6th, 2022, there are 239 vacancies, 50 of those being in high school alone. Right before students are headed out into that workforce, that is just going to really affect how our country can move forward. And so we have to start thinking about what are we going to do? So looking at some more statistics in Michigan, about 44% of all public schools saw their teachers retiring in the 2019-2020 school year, right as the pandemic began. And in Fort Worth, Texas, there are 314 vacant teacher jobs. Pre-pandemically, if we want to make that comparison at this time of year, there were only 71 vacancies. Mm. Mm. It just, you know, it really begs us to looking at what is it that is causing this? And I think the comments from Amanda Tower hits at the crux of the matter in regards to social emotional intelligence, which is really about being abundantly charged. She states that I needed a change for my physical and mental health and that of my family, some of whom conditions that make them vulnerable to to COVID. There was a lack of transparency in the reported numbers and the push to do business as normal. It was all far too much. I did not want to be a martyr. I loved my job. I'll miss my kids, but I can't pour from an empty vessel. You know, and as as 2021 begins and and the Omicron virus is everywhere and the numbers are skyrocketing and teachers are, you know, teachers, if they've been back in school this week, they've been back in school for a couple of days and they're, you know, they are just alarmed and nervous and scared and stressed. And, you know, the, the great public divide and the great public conflict about whether schools should be open or virtual or not, or, you know, what's the responsibility of, of, all, of all of these different, different groups. It continues to be a topic of great uh, conversation and a, and, a, and a topic of great conflict. It sure does. And, 
And each school district really has their own plan based upon what their belief systems are, based upon where they live in the country. And it's really interesting because it continues to add so many demands of accountability to teachers' plates. And when we look at that, schools continue to create experiences that focus on what the high stakes assessments measure and may be ignoring some of those important skills that we all need to be successful and happy in life. And these are the soft skills that really aren't so soft at all. We now call these the domains of social and emotional learning or SEL, as you'll hear us refer to them and the executive functioning skills. You know, (laughs) we could go here forever again. There's this big, you know, the the big conflict between teaching our students only that which can be measured in a high stakes accountability assessment system, or are we teaching younger human beings, not only the content that they need, you know, I mean, think about the arts and think about you know, world languages and and so and so many other content areas that are not necessarily measured on high stakes accountability assessments. And while absolutely, you know, we want kids to perform well on on those assessments. There's so much more that goes into educating children. The soft skills, <laughs> right? Social <laughs> right. emotional learning and executive functioning skills being one of those. So Jill, when you think about, for some of our listeners who may not be familiar with those terms, social and emotional learning, which probably more people are familiar with than this idea of executive functioning skills, let's just define those for uh, for our listeners. What, what do we mean by social and emotional learning? Absolutely. So here is what we are looking at. Social emotional learning has five domains and those five domains include self-awareness. Self-awareness is that ability to understand your own emotions, your thoughts, your values, and then how they influence behaviors across contexts. Self-management is the second domain, and that is the ability to manage one's emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. So first you have to be self-aware, you have to understand what they are, and then you move into being able to manage them, which is figuring out how you are going to react in different situations and achieve your goals and aspirations. The third domain is social awareness. And this is where it's the ability to understand the perspectives of and empathize with others, including those from diverse backgrounds, cultures, and contexts. Something that we definitely are going to be needing over the next course of the years to come, in my opinion. Relationship building is is a foundational foundational aspect um, and is also one of the five domains. And that's the ability to establish and maintain healthy and supportive relationships and to effectively navigate settings with diverse individuals and groups. So basically what that is saying, as I'm reading the definition here of what Castle talks about is as relationship building, it's really being able to learn and listen to others and understand the cultures and contexts that other people grew up in or is part of who they are to be able to build a relationship with them. And then of course, the last one here is responsible decision-making and that's the ability to make caring and constructive choices about personal behavior and social interactions across diverse situations. 
when we think about all five of these, there really isn't necessarily a place that you start. It's cyclical. It's constantly being worked on. You can begin by being self-aware, of course, but you never stop being self-aware. If you stop, then you're stopping your reflection. You're stopping your growth. You're stopping moving into being able to manage how you're feeling because that changes over the course of time. And especially as adults move in and out of situations, whether it's a traumatic situation, whether it's a a very healthy situation, you're going to need to be self-aware of how you are interacting and how those behaviors are being influenced. And then as you look through, all of them really work together in a nice cyclical manner. So, you know, when I think about this and as as I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about, you know, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship building, and responsible decision-making, these are fundamentally really important skills that not only our children need to learn, but this isn't just for children. This is for adults as well, right? I mean, we this mm-hmm. is about how we these are really important skills that we need to be healthy, happy, productive human beings, whether we are five years old, 25 years old, or 55 years old, right? And so this is really, uh, I think, a really important part of, of this distinction. And that is that these are not skills that we teach or we build in ourselves for a high stakes test. These are skills that we really need to be happy, productive human beings. And they carry us throughout our entire life. And that is where it is not a soft skill. It is a, it's a life skill that all of these pieces, you need to be able to utilize them in different manners across the different times in your life. So for example, like you said, five years old, self-awareness, well, wait a minute, why is that child, why is that? peer of mine stealing my toy and how am I going to react to that? That's one thing. But then when we get into, you know, as an age of let's say our thirties or our forties or even beyond, we have to think about that self-awareness as parents. How are we responding? How are we acting based upon what we're feeling, even with our own children or with the children that we're working with or with the boss who's asking to do one more thing? And putting that one more thing on our plate, what do we do with that? And how do we create a healthy way to respond? And then let's talk absolutely. And let's talk about then executive functioning skills, which is the way the brain processes specific information, right? And we think about the eight you know, big there, you know, the big ideas, the big, the big skills, the big buckets, as you will. Um, and, and so what do you, what, how would you define or how would you describe executive functioning skills to our listeners? Mm-hmm. So the executive, executive functioning skills are self-control, self-monitoring, emotional control, flexibility, task initiation, organization, working memory, planning, and time management. So those eight executive functioning skills are not only how I live and work throughout my life. It's how do I become successful at whatever I am doing? 
Um, Self-control is the ability to think and act or think um, before acting and self-control is huge. Like what am I doing and how am I responding? It all plays back into that self-awareness, the self-management, the social awareness, the relationship building and the responsible decision-making we just spoke about. Well, then that self-monitoring also comes in there and the emotional control um, and as you continue on through the rest of those different eight executive functioning skills, what happens is they really have to work in tandem together. Here's the social emotional learning pieces that I have that I need to be able to do for myself. But then you look at the executive functioning skills. These are ways that I can act in a manner when I am out with other people. Absolutely. You know, as we think about then for our teachers and for our leaders, and we think about social and emotional skills, social emotional maturity, and we think about executive functioning skills and how that ties in, this becomes a really important part of how we help teachers and leaders continue to navigate and thrive in very, very difficult situations. You know, as we've talked about in teacher surveys and articles in EdWeek and CNN and in many other sources, and as we've talked about already today, man, this has been one of the most difficult years that teachers remember. There's not only the pandemic, but there's increases in school violence, intermittent closures, hybrid instruction, teacher shortages, you know, teachers are having to fill in for other people who are absent. Students are returning to school, having been virtual for more than a year, and they're not even sure, you know, many of them, some of them in school for the very first time and others having forgotten what it means to be in school. We've seen a rising number of mental health issues. Certainly society's attack on schools, if we you know see the see what's out there in the news today on January 6th, when we record this, it's everywhere. Attacks on schools, on curriculum, teachers and leaders. You know, many teachers just really report feeling burnt out and overwhelmed. And uh as and they were maybe they were reporting that as early as September. And now in January, it's even it's even worse. You know, I remember listening to a, a couple of people, a couple of teachers and leaders last year. And I'm sure if they were, if I were speaking to them today, and and they would probably echo the same thing. But I remember them talking about sitting out in their parking lot of their school, trying to muster the courage to walk into their buildings. You know, here they are; they're crying in their car. Because they're, you know, they have to go in and they, and it's really, really difficult for them to even think about another day in school. And so they're out there losing it, right? Because in their cars where no one will see them. And you've got, you got folks who, who report that they barely have the energy to make it home at the end of the day and they get off their couch or they get on their couch and then they have no energy to get off their couch and do anything else for the remainder of their day. And of course, there are others who are reporting unhealthy increases in, you know, the use of alcohol and other substances, just things that are, are trying, you know, they're trying to help them endure the trauma of their, their profession. But, you know, you said this earlier and I'm going to, I'm going to steal the quote and then have you talk about it. We got to <laughs> stop telling them. We got to stop telling them to take a bubble bath and drink a glass of wine. 
Oh, you know, we, that is certainly not something you tell someone who has been going through trauma at all. And to tell teachers that it's just another sucker punch, truly. And teachers are going to need to relearn or to go back to thinking about what is it that is going to help me heal from the trauma so that I can move forward in healthy ways. And this is where it really comes back to how do we nurture and grow skills in our students um, when we're feeling like we're running on empty Our teachers are just in survival mode. And so because of that, they aren't able to fill others' cups in a manner that is going to move the needle, if you will. And abundantly charged means not only having developed strong social and emotional skills, but also having the ability to recharge and continuously grow the abilities when the demands of our lives and on our profession as educators seem to drain us. In essence, we have to have the ability to remain abundantly charged. What needs to happen for teachers to be abundantly charged? We'll be focusing in on some, I think, really big ideas in season one of this podcast. This podcast is all about, together, helping us rebuild and recharge Uh, so that we can navigate really, really difficult situations. We are not saying in this podcast that as as we make our own social and emotional skills stronger, as we become abundantly charged, we're not saying that that's going to make the system function flawlessly that that we're not we're absolutely not saying that the system is fundamentally flawed. It is being stressed two levels that have never been stressed before, but this is about how we can recharge ourselves so that we can endure while those systems try to rebuild themselves into, into re-navigate really difficult situations. So Jill, what's our focus for season one? So season one, we're going to focus on a couple different things. We're going to look at self-awareness and self-management balance, self-advocacy, and that's going to be a big, huge key one, um, self-advocacy. And you'll probably see that interwoven throughout all of these different pieces um, and all of these different podcasts that we are doing. You're going to look at relationship building, uh, not just the easy ones, but all of the relationships. And then of course, recharging, recharging uh, to make sure that you can come to yourself. So it's not where you're just being able to go through the motions, but to where you will be able to thrive in a time that is very hard and traumatic and be able to move yourself into a good place where you want to be. And so this season on Abundantly Charged, there will be episodes where there are conversations between Jill and I about some of these topics where we'll introduce these topics and and, and talk about them from our perspective. And then we'll also uh, have some guests uh, joining us in this podcast who are teachers and leaders uh, and who have some experience with navigating and uh, recharging in some of these areas. So for example, this is our pilot episode. Our episode two will focus on self-awareness. Our episode three, Jill and I will talk about self-management. And then our fourth episode, we're going to invite at least one, maybe more, uh, one teacher or leader into our conversation so that we can talk about what does that mean 
from a practitioner point of view, what are you seeing for yourself? What are you seeing for your adult colleagues in your particular situation? And so this podcast season will be a blending, a mixture of conversations. We hope you'll say interesting conversations with Jill and I, as well as conversations when we bring in some guests. Episodes are going to drop Tuesdays beginning January 18th through March 22nd. That is going to be our first season. And then from there, we'll move into our next couple seasons after that. This podcast is for you. The Together on This Journey, let's do what we need to do to remain abundantly charged. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Abundantly Charged. New episodes drop every Tuesday afternoon beginning January 18th and running through March 22nd. We'll take a break and then return with Season 2 in mid-April. Abundantly Charged is a production of Students Matter, LLC, and Brilliance and Beyond, LLC. Our show's theme music, Something Different, was written and performed by Reve and obtained through Soundstripe.com. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss an episode. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, and it could also be found on our website at abundantly-charged.captivate.fm slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. We would love to hear what you like. Until next time, remember, let's remain abundantly charged.